Hey man, I gotta know. What are they biting on? The end of my line. Here, try one of these finesse crawlers from D&D. D&D baits are top quality baits in a large variety of colors and styles. D&D baits have been proven to work better than the national brands in the waters here in the Pacific Northwest. They create their baits custom to the water conditions. D&D makes the baits no one else will have. Catch D&D baits on Facebook. Land more fish. Beat them senseless. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Full Broadcast 24-7 Sports News, live interviews, and media coverage. I'd like to welcome everybody that's enjoying watching my shows. Today we have a guest, Bare Knuckle Fighter. He's here to tell all about his story and his career. And you guys pretty much know this guy. He's really good, outspoken, calm, beast mode. Let's get him on here. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, I'm blessed, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Can you hear me good? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before I start asking uh, little questions about where you came from man, and... I'm from down south, man. I was born in Mobile. I moved around a lot whenever I was growing up. My father was a Southern Baptist pastor whenever I was coming up. And uh, so we moved around a lot, man. I went to like 17 different schools by the time I made it to high school. Getting high school, uh, Division One prospect for uh, high school football. I was 305 pounds as a senior, running a 40-yard dash to 4.8 seconds. Uh, college would have, been, would have been waste for me, so I went and learned a trade. How to be a meal right? Did uh, started doing some tough man contests on the way, just something to keep me active, and uh, ended up winning all of the fights in 2007 at the fairgrounds in Mobile. Went to the Hard Rock Casino in Biloxi and won the tough man contest that was on TV over there, and turned pro and fought for a little while uh, pro, and ended up getting out of uh, pro boxing and just going to work after that. So. Uh... What was your, uh, so you grew up when you were, like, a little kid, grew up trying to get into fighting, wrestling, and all that? Man, whenever I was a kid, I played a lot of, uh, a lot of baseball, a lot of park ball, and, uh, I tried to play park football, <laughs> but, uh, I'm way, way too big. The only thing I remember as far as weight-wise goes is whenever I was, uh, I was 12 years old, and I was trying to make the 185-pound weight limit. I sweated out all night long and made it down to 193 pounds. And uh, that's as small as I've ever been. All right, hang on for a second. I'm trying to turn all my things off. Hang on for a second. Everybody yes, keeps me everybody's messaging me while I'm on live show with you. I'm trying to fix this real quick. So, uh, how how is the... What compares you... From fighting from boxing to bare knuckle, are you more excited to be in bare knuckle than being a boxer? Man, I I, I like bare knuckle a lot. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, you know the uh, the being able to clinch, being able to fight on the inside. Uh, I, I used to have a, a promoter that uh, had me all of his cards, Mister Les Banano, tell me that. Uh, I'd make a uh, ugly 
beautiful boxer match that he put me in. And uh, I took it as a compliment. And he ended up telling me for a few years that if I'd ever learned to move my head a little bit and make people miss me a little bit and I have a lot longer career, well, there's something home to me on this last fight. I believe that. So, uh, how's your training been going since the COVID-19 and to now? Have you been able to keep up your your shape, your conditioning, and everything? Oh, yes, sir. My, uh, my training has not been affected at all by COVID. No, sorry. I train here at the house, man. I'm this old country boy, you know. I got my uh, heavy bag, about 250-pound heavy bag, home from a, a big oak tree outside. I got my... Uh, speed bag home from a, a pole on the pole barn outside. You know, I got a double-end bag hung up underneath the shed. So, uh, you know, it, it hadn't affected me any at all. All right, let me get this real quick. All right, so sorry about that. So, uh, right, with the COVID-19, and how many fights have you had in Bare Knuckle to uh, be prepared for your next fight coming? We don't know yet, but where would you be fighting? Say that again. I'm sorry. I missed you there. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm getting messages at the same time. So, before your before your next fight, uh, we don't know when you're gonna fight yet. Next or no? No, nothing for sure. I got a couple maybe's and uh, right. hopefully big announcements made here shortly. Well, hopefully we'll see you in March. The March event. So. Mm. All right. So. Uh, separates you from other fighters in your weight class what what now so from your weight class you're fighting at bare knuckle what separates you from other fighters man i, I just got a grit about me man Go, I, I did something very stupid this last fight i decided i don't want to put my hands down just let a jogger hit me we're heavyweights. You cannot make them kind of mistakes with heavyweights. We all can hit, all of them. You know, Sam Schumacher hits just as hard as any of the rest of anybody. So uh, there ain't no sense in being stupid, dropping your hands to let somebody get a clean shot on you. That's just dumb. Anyhow, I learned my lesson on that. But, uh, man, I I come forward, man. I, I fight. like a Mike Kyle fight. Uh, you know, I, I come forward. Even, even against Schumacher, I, I, I came forward. You know, even whenever I was hurt, you know, even before he hurt me. I came forward, I pushed the pace, I made him fight a lot. If nothing else, I, I can at least say for myself that uh, he was dead tired at the end of that first round after pulling <laughs> on my head for a full round. You know, uh, uh, he was dead tired. But, you know, if, if I don't make the stupid mistake, who knows? Sam probably could have had has the capability, has the punch power, has the ability to drop me anyways. If I don't drop my hands, he, he may still drop me. And... Uh, you know, in that fight in the first round. Uh, if if I do have my hands up, you know, there's a possibility that he won't. There's a possibility that I can keep catching the punches. We'll never know now. You know, you can what if about everything. But uh, we'll, we'll never know what could have, what should have. We do know what did happen, though. Right. So, um, the moral of the story is keep your hands up and fight. You know, don't be a big dummy. So basically you learn from your last fight with Sam take that take that experience you got to your next fight and you know you watch that video and say hey there's something i gotta change a little bit maybe it'll help me better in my next fight so this might be a good thing you could change your ways and when it comes to your next fight it'll have you ready to go 
Oh, yes, sir. I'm going to resort back to the same style I fought. We're brushing up a few things, making a few changes, but with the same style as whenever I fought Mike Kyle. You know, uh, I, that, that is my style of fighting. That's the way I fought all my boxing matches and everything. That, that's the way I fight best. And, uh, you know, you, you live and learn. I'm, I made a mistake. I tried something different and uh, did something stupid. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll move on lick my wounds and uh, go about my business and uh, go back to what I know I'm good at. So before I uh, come to this one question that I have to ask you, uh, was it, um, oh man, God, I forgot. Oh shoot, hang up for a second. <laughs> okay, so if you, uh, from the boxing and change it over to bare knuckle, it's a, it's, more competition for you uh plus the injuries that you could get from being hit so much in the head what did it feel like to be punched so many times then the next day you wake up what does it feel like to be punched like that i've never been punched a lot so i don't man look it's like this with the uh, professional i would much rather take a punch in this bkfc this bare knuckle Boxing. Because in the professional boxing, I mean, you got a brick, a solid brick, a cast on your hand with inside a little bitty thin glove. That glove does not offer a whole bunch of padding. It's got a, you know, people say, oh, you're wearing a glove. It's got, uh, it's not a padding glove. You know, I, I, I usually take and punch myself in the head, you know, a little bit, warm myself up, get that shock of that first lick out of the way. Uh, whenever I was, uh, doing the tough man contest with 16 ounce gloves on. I get in that pro boxing with 10 ounce gloves on. I hit myself one time and that happened to be the only lump I had on my head from the entire fight was where I hit myself and it swallowed up a big old knot, you know? Uh, it, those are not soft gloves. Plus you get a cast on up underneath of it. And that's the bare knuckle, you know, we literally got bare knuckles. And, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't take your bare knuckles and punch a one inch thick piece of uh, sheetrock very hard, you know? And uh, you might break it, but trying to drive your fist through it, I wouldn't do it very hard with uh, bare knuckles. But you take and put that professional boxing glove on, and man, you'll drive your fist through it multiple times without risk of hurting your hand. And uh, that, that's the difference, man, is, uh, you know, in in this bare knuckle, yeah, it hurts. You know, you got the sharp pain of the knuckles, and, you know, you got the, you're getting the cuts, and, you know, yeah, you definitely feel it. But, man, the, the pro boxing, man, it, uh, flutters your entire brain so what I like about you is you being a bare knuckle fighter you also I feel like you're a full time comedian too you like to make people laugh you know you got things you got that's what I like about you so what is it yeah. like to have the family and your friends and everybody supporting you fighting in the bare knuckle oh man that's awesome well outside of uh, this last fight it was awesome <laughs> you know we took turns roasting me you know I, I believe I roasted me more than anybody else did but uh you know uh, <laughs> I, I was hard on me but no man it, it's it's fun you know having everybody there with you supporting you you know showing you love and uh getting on your butt when you do something stupid uh you know congratulating you and uh you know giving you accolades when you do something good and do, do the right thing you know, so it, they, they kind of hold you accountable as well as fan club you or whatever, you know? Right. So, 
there's the question I want to ask you. I'm not sure if you're comfortable with it. I, I've seen this before and I've read the article. So Go ahead. Can, can you, uh, this is home too. So what is it, what ended your career in boxing? And um, I think it was like 2009. What stopped you from being a, a continuing a boxer career? Yeah, um, I had a fight with a guy that went by Poncho, and uh, we'll, we'll just call him Poncho for now. Um, Poncho forevermore beat the air beloved fire out of me. I mean, he did for about, uh, I don't know, two, three months after that fight. I do this right here whenever I was walking around, I could feel my brain floating inside my head on fluids. It felt like I could feel it beating off one wall to the other, that joker forevermore beat the fire out of me. But um, uh, the first round seen both of us hit the canvas. And, uh, you know, he went down first, and I threw my hands up being a cocky old fat boy I am, you know. Another one of these little amateur guys thinks he can fight pro, you know. Here, here we go. Come on. Get up, kid. It was two-time national junior Golden Glove champion, I believe it was. But uh, anyhow, uh, he gets up, and uh, there was nothing wrong with him. I thought to myself, oh, okay, here we go. You know, <laughs> we in for a fight now. This speaks to be fun. And uh, so I went out there at him, and uh, that joker, he was southpaw. He said, <laughs> and opened my eyes, and I was looking at the canvas right here. I said, man, that sucked. I got up, and I was fine. I was bouncing around. And I went back out there, and he did it again. And this time, I was thinking of myself, but I could hear my thoughts echo. And uh, I was down on the ground. I was hurt bad. And I got up somehow or another, made it out the round, my uh, corner. I don't remember anything else. Uh, for the rest of the fight, next thing I know, uh, I'm standing in front of a bright light uh, looking at my trainer, and he's telling me to answer questions yes or no. Uh, next morning, I find out that uh, I find out that the guy that I was fighting uh, got taken to the emergency room that uh, his uh, didn't look good for him is all I knew at the point. Uh, that didn't, they didn't think he was going to uh, pull through. And, uh, man, you, you see how I am. I like cutting up. I like, I like to have fun, but I'm more than anything, I like for the folks around me to have fun. I care about people, man. I love people genuinely. And uh, when, when they told me that something was wrong with him, I immediately went to the uh, emergency room, to the hospital. And uh, there was a lady sending me down there, and uh, she hollered at me. I turned and looked at her. She's, oh, yeah, she, my face was all swollen up, man. I like the guy off the uh, Goonies. My face was swollen up so bad. And uh, she said, hey, look, come here. I was like, well, I want to go up there and see him, make sure he's okay. She said, no, that, that's not, you know, he's got some drunk uncles and stuff up there, and that's going to be bad. Maybe we don't want to take the attention off what's going on, so we ask if you, you know, we'd really probably rather you not. Okay, well, what's going on? They told me that the first uh, uh, MRI, Said that, uh, <clears throat> said that he had a minimal amount of blood flow to his brain and a minimal amount of uh, brain activity. And they wanted a second opinion. And the second opinion said that he had uh, no blood flow to his brain and a minimal amount of brain activity. And then uh, they called in somebody from UAB in Birmingham. <laughs> His opinion was there was no blood flow to the brain and no brain activity. Said that he was a, a 
vegetable. Uh, what happened was on the, I, I don't remember this. I was out, he hurt me really, really bad. And I was asleep for the, uh, after the, I don't remember anything before the first round. But I remember the first round about all the way up to about 30 seconds left in the first round, I went to sleep and I don't remember anything else. Uh, with a body shot third round that uh, just took, you know, took the wind out of him. He took all of his energy and everything. And then I'm told that I hit him and he goes back on the ropes. The rope sling shot him towards me. And as the rope sling shot him towards me, I throw a perfect uh, right hand, beautiful form, perfect form and everything, and uh, land it right on his chin. What happened is his brain stem blew up on that last punch, Ouch. which, uh, you know, causes, you know, brain stem is where the blood vessels, you know, veins and all blood flows to your brain from your heart and signals come from your brain to your body through your brain stem. Right. And, uh, you know, whenever it blew up, his heart was no longer able to send blood to his brain. His brain was no longer able to communicate with his body. And, uh, and I wasn't doing real good at all when I found that out. They, uh, my manager called me about 24 hours after the fight. We fought July 24, 2009. My manager called me the next night on the 25th and told me what it, uh, <clears throat> told me that they, uh, uh, pulled the plug and he didn't, uh, and he, he, he passed. And, uh, I, I don't know what happened after that for about two or three weeks. I don't know what happened after that. That hurt me. That hurt me real bad, you know. I, I didn't want to think about hitting nobody or, you know, nothing. But then uh, they got me in touch with Ray Boom Boom Mancini after the fight. And, uh, and, you know, Ray told me that for him, he had to get back in there and know that he could be in a fight and know that the other person was okay. Well, instantly, that only made sense to me. I, I don't know why. But for some reason, that just made sense to me that I had to know that somebody could be okay in a fight so I fought three months later and I ended up winning it I think I think I won a few more fights after that boxing matches after that but I, I had more losses than wins after that if I remember correctly and uh, it just it, it wasn't fun to me anymore you know it, it used to be fun before that it was fun we, we had a good time you know, going up to Tuscaloosa sparring with Deontay Wilder you know going to Lake Charles and sparring with a fellow Johnny White you know it, wherever to spar with whoever, you know, going to Roy Jones Sr.'s gym and spar with him and all his guys over there, you know, and it, it was fun, man. It used to be fun, boxing did. And then that happened and it wasn't fun anymore. You know, it, it was more of a heartache than anything to me after that happened. And uh, so I quit, got fat to where, <laughs> to where I couldn't go and fight anymore. And uh, yeah, so that, that's what happened with boxing. But then I hear about this bare knuckle boxing and in my mind this this is my safety net here right. you know this this caught me on the fall because uh now not wrapping my hands not able to throw your punches you know and get the full blunt force effect of every punch you know, not able to show enough come through with a haymaker or whatever you however you want you know, without risk of breaking your hand you know my mind has a mental block i still can't throw my punch in bare knuckle the way i did in professional boxing and I want to and I've tried to a couple of times but my mind's got a mental block it just won't let me roll my hips and everything just the same way 
is what I did with a uh, pro box, and, uh, and I'm glad. I'm very, I'm thankful for that because uh, I'm, you know, it. In, in, in my mind, I have the comfort of knowing I don't have to worry about that, you know, happening again. In my mind, in my heart, you know, I, I know that doesn't do anything for the uh, for the loved ones of one that did help with it. And I know that doesn't do anything to uh, take that back or help with it or anything. And, and I really wish I could. And I prayed for a long, long time. I still do occasionally that I could take it back. You know, that it could be me and he walk away from it. And, um, you know, that's not a luxury that we have, not an option that we have. But uh, I do, even still to this day, you know, pray for his, uh, pray for his mother a lot. You know, it's been, what, 12 years ago now? Is that right? And, uh, you know, I still, I still pray for his mother daily. And uh, I still think about her all the time. You know, I... I've spoken to her a couple of times since then, and you know, it was a fight. You know, it happened. Uh, anybody who watched that fight will very easily tell you that it should have been me that that result happened to, because uh, I, without a doubt, was uh, losing the fight on all three judges' scorecards because that judge was just flat stripping the fire out of him. There's no denying it. And then, you know, what happened happened. You know, my, uh, you know, relentless, un, you know. Not willing to quit, not willing to give up. It was just like uh, with Shoemaker, you know. I did something stupid. I caused myself to get hit. I'm not saying that he couldn't have done it himself anyways had I not done it. But, you know, more little stories. I got hit. I got dropped. I got hurt. And I got up, and I tried my hardest to make it to the end of the round to where I could uh, continue to fight. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of folks that have been in the condition I was in that, they would look for their first way out of there after, you know, getting dropped like that, getting hit or hurt like that. I, I'm not that away. And I, I think that's part of what happened, you know, is because I'm not that away, because I have no give up, no quit, and no breaks. You know, I'm like a chainsaw. I'm either sitting there on idle or I'm wide open. There's no in the middle for me. Folks I've worked with, but they, I'm the same way at work, you know, I'm a mill, right? I'm either sitting there at idle, doing nothing, or I'm wide open, taking the bull by the horns, you know, and doing everything I'm on. And uh, so, yeah, man, it, it was, that hurt my heart. That hurt my heart real bad. So that's why I got out of it. And I like the spare knuckle. I really, really like the spare knuckle, you know, with, without the, uh, you know, the little bit of padding that that the pro boxing glove offers with the cast that you have on up underneath it, you know, as offers a big blunt for it and, you know, hit them, you know, I hurt their brain real bad. They're able to get up for 10 seconds, get their wits back about them, and go back in there and get their brain beat on some more. You know, with the bare knuckle, you got the, uh, you know, the knuckles, a little, little bit of an impact area rather than a whole impact area. You know, a little bit of an impact area. That sharp point hits the right spot, and it's not that bluish. You know? And, uh, yeah, I, I like this a lot better, a whole lot better. Okay, so... Uh... I, I really I feel bad for bringing this story up, and that's it. It's I've read that story and what happened back then, and it's it's what can you do to overcome of what happened? That will still be with you the rest of your life. So, what is it like to Every. step back in that ring and to be able to not think about what happened and continue your fighting career? For me, it's easy. Uh, see, Poncho had one goal in life, and uh, one goal was fight. 
from from what I know, from what I hear from his mother, from his friends, family, he had one goal with uh, what he was going to do with his success. And uh, good Lord willing, and uh, seems fit to bless me enough to where I can uh, achieve such a level of success. I uh, go and do what he was going to do. I go and take care of the things he was going to take care of. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that story, man. I, I really didn't think, you know, it was a good subject to talk about, but I... I man, I'm, I'm an open... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm an open book, man. I, I like to talk to, uh, you know, anybody about anything. You know, here, this here is a subject that uh, a lot of people have, uh, you know, wondered about and wanted to know for a long time. You know, a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't have a clue. And uh, a lot of people, you know wondering wanting to know you know because let's be honest you hear this story about this guy that you know, ended up having a guy die in the ring mm -hmm. and everybody wants to say oh he killed the guy you know whatever of that sort and yeah. people lay their eyes on me like oh my goodness man now that dude he's big man oh i can see that i can see him doing something like that hey kate you don't know me get to know me a little bit hang out with me a little bit you know people i tell you you know i'm, I'm as cold as the other side of the pillow you know uh, I just, I love people, man. I want people to, you know, enjoy themselves. And I, I feel like some people get around me and they expect, you know, just because they hear this fighter, ex-pro boxer, basketball fighter, he's this big, bad dude. And they, so right off in their mind, they hear the word being a bad dude and they, they get a thought of, this is a bad guy. Oh, no, I'm not. I, you know, <laughs> there's some people who's going to call me that, but I, I wonder what. Uh, you can talk to some people about anybody, and some people are going to talk bad about anybody, you know. So, I, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be able to finally talk about it. I'm glad that uh, I was able to finally hold myself together through a conversation about it. And I've, I've never publicly spoken about it. I've never been on uh interview and spoken about it uh, outside of the few interviews I was more or less pressured into doing right after it happened, you know, with the uh, New York Times or whatever who it was that I did them interviews with on the telephone or whatever. But uh, this is the first time I've actually been able to, and it's been, what would say, 12 years ago, over 12 years ago, yep. going up on 13 years ago, yeah. you know, uh, that, that this happened, you know. And so, uh, and I'm just not able to hold myself together with it, you know. So, I mean, hey, things happen for a reason. It could have happened to anybody, you know. Right. It could have happened with either side. I could have easily been the one to go. He could have still be here. The the next guy can very easily be the one to go or send me on about my way, you know. And you never know. When it's your time, it's your time. You know, and uh, I, I hate that it is the way it is sometimes. You know, the way things work out the way they do sometimes. But, and again, you got to think about it. Uh, it takes a strong person to overcome that. You know, a lot of people I see make excuses, get on drugs, become an alcoholic, whatever, whatever, you know, and uh, takes them down a long, dark road. And, uh, you know, if anything, I could say maybe, uh, you know, trying to find the good in something, maybe, you know, glad that it was a person like me that did, you know, that had yeah. to suffer through this, you know, I was able to suffer through it and pull out the other side, you know, uh, I feel like I'm okay. I won't call me good. <laughs> I definitely don't think I'm good, but I feel like I'm okay, whatever. So, before uh, I go to the next thing, I want to actually send out prayers to you and your wife. Hopefully, she she heals up and gets better, 
and I've heard a lot, so I'm, I'm sending out a lot of prayers to you guys, and hopefully she gets better, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So, uh, with everything going on right now, how can you, like, take all that pressure that you got going on right now and just erase it and get back in that ring with, you know, your wife battling, getting better, you know, how, 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 that's a very strong person I see in you. So how do you overcome that when you're in the ring? Man, uh, it, I, I say it's easy. It's easy for me, you know, easy because of who and how I am. My whole life's been a fight, you know, all the way through every kind of course about it. You know, there's a whole bunch of other stories I'll tell you offline, you know, off the interview one day at a public guy one day. But uh, my whole life's been a fight. My, everything about it's been a fight. And, uh, you know, I've always had to fight. Everything's been tough. Nothing's been easy. Nothing's ever been given to me. So, uh, you know, this, this is just another part of it. You know, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've always been told, you know, the old saying, God gives his uh, toughest battles or his biggest battles to his toughest warriors. And uh, I'm here to say, you know, that woman in the other room over there is the toughest warrior I've ever met on the face of this earth. She is bad to the bone, taking and going through all of what she's gone through in her life and her sicknesses and illnesses. She gives me courage. She gives me strength. Watching her sit there fight. That's good. Manage just every single day fight. Uh, you know, yeah, that that would be enough to encourage anybody the way that she does. No doubt about it. You know, I just, um, man, I'm doing this because me and my wife both were told in church one day that uh, God wants me to fight again. You know, God talked to each one of us individually, laid on each one of our hearts individually, that I need to fight again. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where the, I, I don't know what the end line, end story is for this. I don't know. I wish I could take, but I don't know. Uh, I, I really, I would like to know. But we're going to find out. I'll tell you that. We'll, we'll all find out together because, uh, you know, when, when God gives you something to do, if, if you don't do it, if you refuse to do it, your life's going to be nothing but bad. You know, there will be nothing but bad come, come upon your life. And, uh, you know, um, obedience is rewarded. You know, so about all I can do here is, you know, be obedient and willingly obedient. And, uh, you know, go about it and see see what happens. You know, see what, see what God has in store for us. But, you know, it, it's all, that all factors in together, man. It's all part of it. But the, the main reason I'll say is, watching that woman in there fight every single day this is this is a piece of cake yeah. getting in here with uh world caliber heavyweight bare knuckle fighters that want to rip your head off and put you to sleep that's a piece <laughs> of cake compared to what that woman does every single day you know i i promise to you i would much rather get in there with anybody in this world i'll, I'll get in there with mike tyson bare knuckle every day before i go through what she has to go through every day so without a doubt, you know, you guys are you're very strong fighters, strong at will, man, and and a funny guy. I'm gonna be, you know, you guys got my support. I'll be watching you guys all the time. So, oh, you got any yes. fans out there, supporters, sponsors? You want to talk? Thank for being on the uh, sponsoring you. Yes, sir. Be lit organics. The, the body wash, candles, whatever, man. We've been. They sent us a uh, care package at a good price, and uh, we uh, 
been burning candles ever since we got their care package. Man, it's awesome. They sent us some uh, body wash, a hey, top-notch stuff. Uh, I like it. I, I, I love their stuff. I, I will personally be ordering more than what they uh, they send us. I promise to you that. And, uh, you know, Matt Ziffer Black with Healthy One Inc. Been helping me with uh, supplements and diet routines and workout routines and all. Uh, top top-notch guy if you have any dietary issues or needs or you know questions or anything at all get with matt zifferblatt with healthy one ink and uh i know i'm forgetting i know i'm forgetting somebody but uh i should have wrote it all down before i came in here <laughs> you were telling me about that you might forget some stuff man uh oh, man i always do uh, we all do Send it again. She just sent me a message. I don't know what she said. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Kevin Smith with Smith Brothers Fighter Combat Management. Uh, they top-notch fellow. They're top-notch crew. Uh, doing good things for me. All right. So uh, I, I, I think that's it, man. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, hey, look, down here in, uh, I think it's Petal, Mississippi, we got a little uh, group to... Uh, Graham MMA, uh, go in there and guys, let me get some sparring in before every fight. And, uh, man, they're a great group of guys, great MMA team. They got some guys to stand up and strike with you, really, really good strikers. Uh, Top-notch fellas in Pella, Mississippi, they're great MMA. I want to thank them for uh, hooking me up with sparring partners in the workout. <laughs> and, and that's it, that's all I can uh, biggest sponsor is that woman in the other room, you big dummy. <laughs> oh. I don't know who that was. Hang on for yeah. a second. Uh, I don't know who that came from. I'll figure that one out. I think it came from my, uh, maybe, yeah. So, I really appreciate you coming on my show, taking the time and out of your schedule, uh, to come in on my show. Uh, you're a great guy. You're funny. I'd love to have you on my show anytime, and I appreciate you telling us yes. the story about uh, what happened back then. I didn't really want to bring that up and ask you, but... Uh, no, it, it's completely fine. You're completely fine. All right, man. Well, thank you for being on the full broadcast. We're sending a lot of prayers to you and your family. Hope she gets better, man. And I can't wait for you to see your next fight. Thank you, sir. God bless all right, man. Have a, have a blessed one. Be careful. Thank you for being on the full broadcast, sir. Yes, sir. All right, guys. You heard it from old man talking about his story, the beast. He, uh, you heard about his story. It was difficult for him to talk about. Um, he, you know, he's been struggling about what happened back then in 2009, and I'm grateful that he got to tell a story on my show. Uh, it takes a lot of guts to talk about it and trying to, you know, move on and trying to go on back and fighting again. I'd like to thank all my sponsors that came on my show, or sponsoring my show. Let me bring them up here for a second. Okay. I'd like to thank... No, oh, they ain't coming on yet. Hang on. There we go. I'd like to thank Steve Tyson, the hitman, for helping me sponsoring my show, bringing fighters up here, let me interview them, get great experience meeting all these bare-knuckle fighters, MMA fighters, 
anybody who sends my way. If you guys need anything, this guy is he's a great guy. Uh, you should be able to communicate with him. He's fun. He's fun. He's, he takes everything serious when it comes to a fighting. So, Steve Tyson, thank you for uh, helping me sponsor my show. And here's Unique Crafts by Eve, Evelyn Washington. He, she personalizes gifts and crafts. If you need anything that made, like from shirts to hats, uh, coasters, you name it, for your family, you can order from her. Just email her. There's a number up here, 240-575-1624. And you also can text her at 240-405-8008. She'd be glad to help you out. She could probably do Valentine's for you, Christmas, any holidays, birthdays. She will make it for you. Just give her a holler. Thank you for sponsoring my show, Unique Craft by Eve. All right, guys. I'd like to thank everybody out there for watching my show. Hope you enjoyed it and hearing the story from O'Bannon, the Beast Bowl man. Hopefully we'll see him in the fight. And make sure you guys send lots of prayers out to him and his wife. She get better. Thank you for watching the full broadcast, 24-7 sports news, live interviews, many and covers. Get ready for my second show. Beat him senseless. You can run, you can but you can't hide. It's time for the Fuller Broadcast with your host, Jeff Fuller. Hey man, I gotta know, what are they biting on? The end of my line. Here, try one of these finesse crawlers from D&D. D&D baits are top quality baits in a large variety of colors and styles. D&D baits have been proven to work better than the national brands in the waters here in the Pacific Northwest. They create their baits custom to the water conditions. D&D makes the baits no one else will have. Catch D&D baits on Facebook. Land more fish. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fuller Broadcast 24-7 Sports New Live Interviews and many a coverage. I have another barricade BKFC fighter on show right now, Brandon Boss Hog Johnson. If you guys don't know him, you're going to get to know him now. Let's bring him on here. What's up, Boss Hog? How you doing, man? Hey, can you hear me good? Yeah, I can hear you, man. How you doing? Oh, yeah, man, I got my camera. I got my phone set up um, horizontal. Should I have a vertical or a good wing? <laughs> That's all good, man. I apologize for being late. Uh, I just ended my other interview with uh, with uh, Bannon. I was so. listening to it. I was listening to it live with Bobo. All right, so that's a good time, man. All right, so give us a little detail when you started fighting and how, when you grew up to start thinking about being a fighter. Man, shit. Uh, I believe I started fighting as soon as I came out my mother's womb. <laughs> to be honest with you. First time I heard that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, pretty much, man. I've actually, you know, first I want to give thanks to the Most High for allowing me to be, be able to come on the Jeff Fuller's broadcast and allow me to see another day, man. Shout out to you, Jeff. I appreciate you, man. But, um, yeah, man, I've, I've been fighting, man, you know, not professionally, but fighting pretty much my whole life, probably since I was probably like seven years old. Man. I had two younger brothers, and, man, we used to duke it out big time, man. If we wasn't fighting each other, we was fighting cousins, we were fighting friends, people in the neighborhood, we just was fighting, man, fighting, you know, growing up in southwest Louisiana, Lake Charles, you know, nice and sunny outside every day, so we was all outside with the kids, just 
kind of played basketball, football, and every now and then fighting. <laughs> so, oh, uh, what is it like to grow up uh, before BKFC, your other, like MMA, boxing? What was the competition like before you turned pro? Oh, man. It was, I still remember some ass kickers I got from, from just growing up in the neighborhood. <laughs> But um, I started actually um, MMA fighting back in um, I had my first pro MMA fight back in 2006. I trained over here in um, I, I live actually I live in Northwest Indiana right now, Portage, Indiana. But back in 2004, again in 2004, 2005, I started I started training MMA with the Winooski brothers, Keith Winooski and Justin Winooski. And at that time, we had pretty much one of the, the toughest MMA gyms around Northwest Indiana. You know, in the Midwest, we had Darren Elkins. Eddie Winan, Mark Birch, John Kalaski. So every day was like going into the Lions and just getting your ass handed to you every day. But um, I actually, that's actually how I got into MMA. I was just driving around and I seen this gym and it looked like it was just empty. And I went up to it, nobody was in. I seen a box ring and stuff. And I was like, damn, no one looked like anybody using the gym. So I went later on the day in that day and that's when I ran into Keith and talked to Keith. And I was, I was going there ever since until. You know, he shut the gym down and, you know, just life period, man. My last MMA fight was back in 2009, so I'm a veteran. Oh, crap. <laughs> a real veteran when it comes to MMA, man. But boxing period, fighting period, man, just boxing just grew up, you know, playing around with boxing gloves, fighting each other, fighting my brothers, fighting friends. You know, when everybody gets to talking shit, we used to just say, hey, here, put the boxing gloves on. Save all that talking for someone else. <laughs> and then we used to go silent. <laughs> no, when you bring out the boxing gloves, everybody got quiet. No more shit talking. But so, I just enjoy competing. You know, I always was an athlete besides fighting. I played football. I played basketball. I really enjoyed playing basketball. Had great opportunities, you know, to go play probably, you know, college basketball. But I messed it up. In the, got in the street, you know. Choose to, instead of staying straight, I choose a whole bunch of a different routes. You know, learn the hard way. <laughs> Uh, don't we all? I learned my I learned the hard way when I was a wrestler. Uh, I decided uh, back like my senior year, I had a full scholarship for the university in Missouri, and uh, I was stupid. I ended up going to keep wrestling after I tore my ligaments. I decided I was supposed to be out like three to six months, six months or something like that. But I went back two weeks later in the story of my career. Oh, man, yeah, that'll yeah. happen if you, you go back trying to, you know, train injured and not let your body heal it up. It'll definitely get worse. I learned that from from experience, too, man. I, I broke my ankle. I broke my right ankle back in 2008 in MMA practice one day. Oh, yeah, man, that, that was just going down here. It was like going up. Anyway. Everything was going good. One of my teammates back then was training for the Ultimate Fighter. He actually made it on the Ultimate Fighter, John Koloski and stuff. We was, I was helping him get prepared and stuff, and... One one Friday night in practice, man, I had some wrestling shoes on because I had broke my two my two big toes. So every now and then when I jam them in the mat, they would hurt real bad. So I put the wrestling shoes on to grapple, and man, that night it got stuck to the mat. And man, my my, my right ankle just popped like a two by four. Oh. <laughs> I imagine that stuff. Simple. Yeah, that was supposed to heal it up in so you know about a couple of months, turn into getting. Staff infection because the staple was bust open. Once they took the hardware out, it was just a drawn out process. We got discouraged and everything else. Before you know it, I was like, man, forget this crap. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm saying hurt too much. And I just went back to working and taking care of my wife, taking care of my son and my daughter. And well, you know it, I looked up. I was from in my mid 20s. I looked up. I was in my mid 30s. I was like, shit. I was like, I still have unfinished business. But when it comes to the BKFC, man, it was just like, that's like first nature, you know, bare knuckle fighting. It's, it's different when you're fighting in the streets, bare knuckle compared to when you get in there with somebody that actually knows what they're doing. You seriously get hurt. <laughs> so, uh, here's a real question. What does it mean to be a fighter in the BKFC? What does it mean to be a fighter in BKFC? Yeah, to be, to to be, be a fighter mean, fighting for the BF, BKFC, yeah. Oh, man, to me, it's a, it's a straight honor and a privilege, you know. I know, you know, nobody got me in BKFC. You know, I earned my way in there. You know, I didn't, I went to trials back in 2009. I went to a trial in Temple. That's the same trial where they picked Lorenzo Hunt. One of my good friends, Tom Schofart, I went out there watching him fight on... I think it was um, Julian oh, Lane. Oh, yeah, Julian. Yeah. Like, I was like, shit, I'm going to go to the trial. I was fat, out of shape, but I had a lot of heart, but my body wasn't prepared. Like, I went anyway just to just to mm -hmm. see what they uh, was expecting and stuff. And I, that's when I met Kevin and Dave and all of them. But, man, so far, it's been everything to me. I just want to the privilege. You know, even though I fought on the BKFC 13, the goal was to get the W, but... To me, I, you never lose. You only, you know, it's less life lesson. You know, it didn't come out the way it's supposed to. You know, I fought Isaac Doolittle, which was, he was a very tough opponent in 185. You know, but I learned so much in that one fight that I could never learn in practice or preparing for it. Just certain things you learn at the time in the fight that you know when you go into your next one, what not to do than what you can do. Right. And plus you get a better aspect of how to prepare better. So a lot of the stuff I was dealing with going into that fight, like, you know, the roller coaster with the anxiety, not really knowing what to expect. Hey, I had an idea, but you really don't know until you get in there. So that kind of messed me up going into the, you know, the, the first round, man. The first round was so fast. I was full of anxiety. Like on the way when they was having me stand there trying to walk out, they was taking a sweet time. And stuff. Damn, the damn earphones keep falling out. <laughs> but yeah, they were taking their time on having me come out. So the anxiety was trying to come up, and I was just trying to talk it down, talk it down. I thought I had it in check, but as I got closer to the square circle, it just started getting worse. And I was like, fuck it, it is what it is. But the first, first, I really didn't settle into that fight going until the third round, to be honest. And when I when we went to the corner after the second round, I asked Steve, I was like, what round is it? My, Steve is my, my coach. Team Cologne. He was like, "Man, we're going into the third round." I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> they must be too small. I mean, too big, too small for you. Give me a second here. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I'm not used to, to having earphones in my ears. I got I got hearing aids, so mine don't fall out. It goes yeah. around my ears. They posted. This is my first time using them. I usually had the one with the cord on. I figured I try to use these wireless ones, but. But I enjoy fighting the BKFC. I'm looking for many more opportunities. I feel that my first fight with um the BKFC, even though I didn't get the W, went off five rounds. I think it was entertaining, but I definitely didn't fight at my potential and definitely not at my skill level. But you know, I learned so much going to my second one. It's gonna be a totally different ball call. And for all you out there watching that's in the weight class 185, I call out no names. Uh, I'm 42 years old. I don't play little boy games. Yeah, going yeah. on the internet, calling out folks. Did you say 185? But yeah, 185. And I'm call. I'm not calling out no names. But if you're in the 185 division, trust me, 
every one of you all got a bullseye on you. you hey, know, Brian so. Maxwell. Brian Maxwell, report to my office. Brian Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Maxwell, he's a good fighter, man. He done, they done had him fight at, I think, 205, a couple of catch weights. I don't think yeah. he has a fight. He has, yeah, he hasn't fought at his weight class 185 yet. And that's, that's what's kind of, you know, iffy about BKFC. Like, if you want to be a certain fighter, just fight only in your weight class, it's kind of going to be hard to do because they might have so many catch weights, like, for you to offer you give you opportunity to fight at 195 but i'm a 185 and most likely you're gonna say well i'll take the fight so and that's why that's what i told dave I, I prefer to fight at 185 but if opportunity presents itself to fight at a catch weight 190 no more than 200 is the reason why there's a weight class i don't want to go higher than 200. <laughs> man, i, I but, heard about those weight classes when you go above that man you have uh yeah you got some big boys in there. I mean, I'm like, exactly. I wouldn't even fight that way. I'm 220. Bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I'm prepared to stay right there at 185. But if they offer me a fight at 190, 190. So that's my next question. Uh, so, in your division at 185, what separates you from the other fighters in your division? What separates me from the rest of the 185? Yeah. I would most likely say, you know, there's only one boss hog, and that's me. And from what I've seen, you know, a lot of fighters in the BKFC, not only the 185, a lot of them don't have grit. They get hit somehow in the first round, and they take a knee, and don't want to get no more, no more. They don't have no heart. They don't have no grit. As soon as they get punched in the face or, in a, you know, in the eye or something, they, they, give, they give up, and that's what... I've been through a lot in BKFC. I'm like, damn, these dudes getting dropped in the first round and they're not even trying to get back up. You know? It takes a lot for a man to get knocked down and get back up and stay in the fight. That's and true. a lot of these guys that are fighting BKFC, they don't have it. They don't have it. It's different getting hit with a boxing glove. It's different than getting hit with an MMA. But when you get hit bone up on bone, that shit takes a lot of grit and a lot of heart to get back up. That's that shit does not feel good. That's and a true. lot of them have that reality check right there when they sitting on their ass on their canvas. They mind tell them right there. They don't have a strong mind. They mind tell them just stay down. So they're not used to conditioning and strengthening their mind. Of course, they're going to stay down until they're getting up. So and that's what separates Boss Hall from majority of a lot of other guys. I got a lot of grit. I've been through a lot of shit in my life. I callous my mind, you know, to control my mind and strengthen my mind. So when I get in those uncomfortable situations, Hey, whatever you whatever you think of in your mind is what you can do. You can do anything you want to do as long as you got your mind right. So no matter who's in your weight class, you will sign a contract no matter what. Oh man, we ain't ducking nobody. He's a man just like me. I put my pants on. He put his pants on. He weighed he weighed one eighty five. I was one eighty five. That's an even fight. Wow. I'm taking on all comers at one eighty five, one ninety, one ninety five. I would fight two hundred, but. If I have to choose, I'll try to stay between 185 and Ohio and 195. But I'll I fight 200. Well, I'll go around like 210. <laughs> well, I hope to see you on the show sometime soon in uh, February or March. So, well, yeah, think... I'm, I'm actually trying to get on. I already mentioned, I um, got in contact with Nate and asking, you know, I'm 100% healed. I had injured my hand in the last fight and broke my right hand. I thought I broke both of them, but I broke, broke my right hand in the other. My left hand was just real swollen. You know, but I'm definitely 100% healed. I've been cleared. So I'm trying to trying to stay active as much as possible from this year, either from bare knuckle, MMA, even pro boxing. We're trying to do all three. 
Whichever one comes first. Okay, so that, that's, that's what I was going to ask. I, when I was watching your, saw your profile and all the videos, so you could get a, you could fight either MMA, B, BKFC, or boxing, even though you got a contract with the other promotions? Yes, as long as I'm not, um, from what I understand with the contracts, you know, you just reach out to um, David Feldman, of course. And let them know, hey, you, you know, I'm not fighting bare knuckle right now. It's okay if I fight MMA or pro boxing. Okay. And most of the time, they, they, they'll, they'll give you the green light to clear. You just communication. That's all it is. You got to communicate, you know. And that's what a lot of a lot of people lack these days, communication. But from what I say, you know, yeah, as long as you um, communicate with them, be straight up with them, and let them know they don't have a problem with it. So, uh you're you're like a how old would you say 42 41 i'm 42 i'll be so, 42 in a couple of days <laughs> my my birthday is may 12th i'll be almost 49 48 so i'm gonna tell you what my stepdad always told me no matter how like everybody out there they think the older you are you got nothing left in you but when you the older you are it ain't gonna matter because it's how you fight your fight if you fight your fight you win your fight. No matter what age is, don't nothing. Cause uh, I remember uh, back I was 22. I went to Las Vegas. They had a wrestling tournament out there, and I didn't think I'd make it that far to the semifinals. And I was wrestling some dude that went to Iowa. Iowa. You know, uh, I'm not sure if you heard of Terry Brand or Tom Brand. They wrestled at an. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I wrestled his brother in the semifinal. Huge guy. And I'm like, you know, I ain't going to win this match. I might as well just like... But I went out there and fought, fought, fought. And I still lost my points. But then, like, he was a older guy. So it's like, no matter how old you are, somebody's going to beat you. You could be... So, what's well, year 42, I could see you fighting a 21-year-old like uh, Thomason <laughs> Sr., He's in your weight class, yep. I believe. Yep. So hey, I don't give a damn what's his age. If he's legal to fight and he makes the weight <laughs> and he signed a contract, we we're scrapping. So what's 42, your... 20, you know, man, I got a son twenty three. I can't give ass right now if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> I can get someone else's ass younger than him. <laughs> yeah, I, I see those young I see those young ones saying, Hey, he's forty eight years old, I could take him, watch me. Oh and, yeah. And the next day That's he waits. What I wanted to keep thinking. <laughs> I want them to keep thinking I'm too old. I want them to go back and keep watching the Isaac Doolittle fight, thinking that's the same boss hall they're going to get. I tell you right now, they're going to be in a world of rude awakening. Uh-oh, you're getting a call out. Happening. Brian I'm Maxwell said he'll fight you at 185. Hey, come on down to 185. You got to make the weight. I already made the weight. <laughs> uh, I, I I think, is it is it hard for you guys to, like, do you have to be on weight, or you got like a weight difference, like two pounds or something like that? Um, the last, my last, my first fight in BKFC, they said they allowed, uh, I think it was a two pound, a pound, a pound and a half or two pounds. So you couldn't weigh in no more than, I think it was 186 point something, but I weighed in a shit. I was trying to weigh in at exactly 185, but I weighed in at 183.6. But I think they, if I'm not mistaken, they gave a pound, a pound and a half or something. Okay. Because I, I never knew that yet. I thought it was just like you had to be anywhere from two to five pounds or you had to be on weight. So, 
Yeah, and I'm not sure how low you could be. You know, they are, if you're too low, you know, if I would have weighed in like 179 or something, I don't think the commission would have. But I weighed in at 183.6, which I wasn't trying to. But, hey, we may wait. That's all that matters. Right. Hey, uh, Brian Maxwell, you heard Boss Hawk. Get Nate Shook to sign that contract, man. You guys get in there at 185. So. Most definitely, yeah. I'm willing to fight anybody at 185, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm he's not calling out no names. Everybody on the 185 division, we could scrap. Yeah, it's funny. 190, we could scrap. 195, we could scrap. Yeah, you know what's funny? You don't you don't like calling people out, but somebody's going to end up calling you out on my shelf. I mean, that that's one of the most things I ever had. Like, uh, Reggie Jr. Uh, had that on my show. They were them two were calling each other out and you know it's like, oh, yeah. that's what Reggie's I love about man. that. I show. like Reggie man. Reggie's a hell of a fighter man. He's a hell of a bare knuckle fighter. I'm looking for him to fight Johnny Belford again and that's gonna be a very entertaining fight. Oh yeah it is. Uh I got Jimmy win I got Johnny winning that one. I don't think that is gonna be able yeah, to Yeah I'm, I'm going for Johnny on this one too for February fifth. I think Johnny on that one all day. Hey, uh, I think Brian Maxwell wants to come. Brian Maxwell wants to come on here. Oh, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, I never met Brian, but I have seen him on. I follow him on his Instagram and his um, his Facebook and stuff. But from what I seen, Brian's a you want to talk to him real quick? Seems like a good guy. I don't take nothing personal to me. It's all business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to talk to him real quick? Sure. I'm already on. Hang on. Let me get him up here, see if he come on. So, uh, what does it feel to, uh, like, uh, the competition of BKFC and the way David Feldman treats you guys? Only getting tougher. The competition is only getting tougher. That's, that's more, from what I've seen, I've been following BKFC since BKFC 1 because a good friend of mine was on BKFC 1, current former heavyweight champ, AJ Arnold Adams, and I've been following BKFC and the competition is getting more, deep, more. You're getting, they get more eyes, they're getting bigger. So, you know, guys gonna get in now. I think they're gonna get some easy fights. This is the time because you keep dragging your ass, only gonna get more harder. But the more, the, the better the competition the athletes gonna become, the bigger it gets. Just like when the UFC started. So, what is it like to uh, have that family and support with uh, Bear KFC, your family, and your friends supporting oh, you man. fighting? It's everything. True true love and support is everything. You know, I always say I already know I'm loved by few, hated by many. But as long as, my, you know, my, my, my family, my media family love me and support me. And BKFC, from what I've seen, they, they support their fighters. They just need to keep them more active. You know, keep the ones that really want to fight, keep them busy. Because from what I've seen, they got too many people fighting the BKFC that really don't want to be there or fight. Right. And they keep bringing them back. Like, <laughs> You got guys that really putting in the work out here that really want to fight, put on good shows for the fans, entertain, you know, the CEO, because they definitely like to see a scrap. You don't want to see no boring-ass fights. And all the right. fans definitely want to see the knockout, the blood. And you got guys out here that's willing to lay it all on the line. That's just sitting on the sidelines. You know, they keep bringing in these big-ass names that think, you know, I understand it's a going company, so you want to get the attention in the eyes, but, hey, they get some guys that really want to be there and fight. Yeah, it's like... Um, you got plenty of them. It's like... Like Brian Maxwell. Brian Maxwell really want to fight. 
Yeah, he does. You know, he, he's a fighter. He's a, he's a fighter. I watch every one of Brian's fights. He's you know, hungry. You know, they didn't come out the way he wants to. He's hungry. And that's the type of guys they should keep bringing back, guys that's really putting in the work that's hungry, that want to, you know, be something in this sport and put on good, entertaining, epic fights for the fans. Not these guys that get knocked down in the first round and don't want to get back up and, you know, and go about their business just to say, hey, I'll fight in the BTLC. <laughs> I heard that the other day many, from another fighter. Too, man. Many quit, too many quitters. You know, I'm saying too many people quit. So, uh, Quit. do you think, uh, why, if you want to tell somebody uh, that wants to try out for bare knuckle right now, what would you say to that person that never done it? What would you say to them if he really wants it? <laughs> if he really wants to, a lot of them say with their mouth, they really want to. They actually say out elsewhere. I tell them, make sure you're working on your conditioning. Conditioning and endurance and stamina are everything. And most definitely defense. Because, you know, even though offense is important, defense is even more important when it comes to bare knuckle fighting. Because, man, you get hit with so many punches that you could never imagine you get hit with boxing gloves or MMA gloves because your hands could get in so many tight spaces. And bone upon bone don't feel good. <laughs> you know, I've been hit so many times with big boxing gloves, MMA gloves, never fazed me. Isaac Doolittle caught me barely on my chin, barely on my chin, off balance, slipped me in the first round. And that just goes and told me right there that every punch don't have to be a Barry Bonds punch. All you got to do is touch, 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 touch. And once you realize you got them in dangerous water and hurt, then you crack them. If they don't go down, pop, 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 just touch them. Then, but if you try to hit everything with power, your hands are going to get obliterated. Yeah, um, you got to condition talk your about hands. That. You, know, you got to condition your hands. It's hard to condition your hands to the, for that type of impact. And, you know, you can hit the hit pads with, you know, just with your wrap or no wrap. Hit a good bag that's not too hard or not too soft. And there's different little inside things you could do, like putting your hand in the sand, gravel, real fine gravel. Just try to stint them and build up some calluses. <laughs> but eventually you're going to injure your hands. No matter how hard you try to condition, you're going to injure your hands. So they never were designed to take that type of impact bone upon bone. Well, we were just talking about the... You know, the popularity of BKFC. The February 5th fight. It's, it's going to be a pay-per-view. I think it's called, uh, they call it Knuckle Mania now? Knuckle Mania. Yeah. Yep, Knuckle Mania. So, with all these big names coming here, like Paige, you know, Hart. I, Hart, I got Hart winning that match all the way. So, hey, I mean, you're on the same page. I, I'm, I'm, I, wouldn't, I would not be surprised if, if Hart comes out with an easy W. Yeah, I've been, so I've been supporting her for a long time. She Hart, Hart's been training really hard. She's already been in a few bare knuckle fights, and she she just she knows what to do. Yeah. Paige yeah. is like it's her first it's her first BKFC fight, so you see the experience versus the freshman. I, I just Definitely. don't see her pulling it out. Yeah, I, I think um, Hart's going to pull it out also. She's already been in there. She tasted the water. She had the blood in the eye. She don't been hit bare knuckles. She knows what to expect. Plus, she don't mind getting hit in her face. Paige Vincent is a very pretty, attractive lady. She has this nice, pretty face she got to protect. It's going <laughs> to get messed up. It's going to get messed up. I hope she's been working on her defense. <laughs> and then move it. 
Yeah, so I, I think it's just like her last MMA fight. You saw her fight. She uh, she was all bloody. Her face got all cut up and stuff. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot yeah, different. Yeah, she didn't like that at all. She didn't like that at all. That was, that was with gloves on. Yep. So think about it. When she goes to the bare knuckle fight, when she gets with Hart, it's going to be a whole different story. She's going to have, I guarantee you, she's going to have a split right underneath her eye. She's going to have a cut up here, you know. It's, it, yeah, she's she's going to know what means business when you're in a big kid. <laughs> yeah. So, the question to you now. What are we going to see from you in 2021? What do we expect from you? The rest of your Oh, family? man. If um, BKFC do what I hope they do, keep keep their fighters busy, especially me, Boss Hog. Man, I'm going I'm all in. I'm 10 toes in. My goal is to, to be, uh, of course, you know, a, ch a champion in either division, most most likely 185. That's the division I want to stay in. And to me, not only I want to be a champion, I want to be a real champion, which is a defending champion. I want to get the belt and defend my strap. That's the true champion. There you go. When you there get you the go. strap and you defend it, and that's that's my goal. That's my goal. Preferably at 185. Uh, you know, because I know that's one of the divisions. I can't say they might have a strap, a championship belt for a catchweight 190, 195, but definitely. At 185, I'm looking to try to do my best to to secure that uh that that, that nice sterling silver diamonds and silk and being in the history books, you know, over there in Delphi. Yeah. Hey, uh, do me a favor, show me your shirt real quick. I'm digging that shirt right now. Oh yeah, I'm about to. These are the first edition. These are the Boss Hogs right here, and on the back I got my sand. Uh, I can turn around, but it basically says my sand. Kicking ass is my thing, and Boss Hall is my name. I'm actually getting them, you know, getting them redone. I got the BKFC. Damn, it was a little backwards on here. Yeah, I got the logo. The new shirt, this is the first edition of the new shirt. Yeah, I got to give me one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, get, I'm in the process of getting more made. I send you one of my shirts, and you send me one of your shirts. Yeah. Hey, I, I got some coming in, so you send me one, I'll send you one. Well, definitely, yeah. But, yeah, I'm trying to get figure out how to get these shirts. Well, I could, you know, sell them worldwide, man. Ship them out wherever. I haven't figured it out yet where I keep with the payment process. So, so it felt like, uh, like I was, uh, message me when we get off here. I can help you out because I'm, I'm doing a few of that stuff right now. And, uh, okay. And I can show you how to, I can show you a little detail how to do it. I'm not, uh, yeah. Because I'm doing it myself. I don't want other people helping me because they want money, you know. So of they always want money. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it's like I'm broke. I'm doing all this stuff for free, and they're asking me for money. So yeah, I had a, actually a friend of mine. He has a shirt shop right over here in town. He does my shirts for me. But if I could get them to where I could accept, you know, people that wherever they are, send me payments through a certain house, I could mail them to them through the post office or something. All right. So, yeah. All right. So before we get you off here. Uh, is there anybody that you want to thank, your sponsors, your family, anything you'd like to say to the fighters out there before we get off here? Oh, yes. Everybody definitely in 185 Division, y'all on Boss Hall's radar. Ain't no specific name. It ain't never personal. It's only strictly business. You know, like I said, I'm a grown-ass man. I ain't got time to be playing internet games, keyboard <laughs> and shit, you know. Yeah. I'm at 185. If you want to fight at 185, hey, I signed my contract. You signed your contract. You want to fight at 190? I sign my contracts all the time. You sign, they sign those. I'm, I'm willing to fight wherever BKFC wants me to. Besides, I ain't trying to fight no heavyweights. 
I train with heavyweights, and hey, that's a lot of that's a lot of beef to be moving around. That that will help yeah. you a lot. That will help you a whole lot when you train somebody Ooh, above yeah. your weight class. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, my wife says I drop too many names, but I just show I show um, respect where respect is due. And one of my former training partners, the current training partners, the former BKFC, former heavyweight champ, the first. If you all been following BKFC, you know who that is. He's the first. And I tell you, when I spar him, man, that's a lot of beats to be moving around. That's a hell of a workout. And that tells me right there, I, I don't want no action in the heavyweight division. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The heavyweights, they actually, they 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 don't look like their muscle work. You know, some of them just have arm, but they yeah. got power. They take that power Ooh, and they hit you, man. Yeah. All it takes is one, and they can barely clip you. You can tell the difference between getting hit from a heavyweight to a 185er or 190. I'll give you one other name, too. You should know him. Tony Lopez. Tony Lopez. Legend. <laughs> yeah, that I, I met that boy in person and everything. He's a cool guy. He's really outgoing. And, man, the moment I met him the first time, I'm like, dude. I'm too short. I would never fight you. I'm 220. Uh, ain't happening. Yeah. No. I definitely would like to thank um before I end this off. Definitely thank BKFC for allowing allowing me to you know partake participate in um, BKFC and I just hope that they allow me to come back from you know from which I can understand. If they don't, it is what it is. It's business. It, won't, it ain't personal. But I'm looking forward. I'm putting in the work every day still. I'm training as if they if they're gonna have me back next month. I'm, I'm training. I'm always in the gym training. I thank all my true supporters, you know, loved ones, and family, and most definitely everybody at Team Cologne, Premier Jiu Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. If it wasn't for them, man, just keeping me uh, keeping me sharp, keeping me, you know, under pressure, out my comfort zone. Cause I ain't even bullshit. At 42 years old, it's hard training every day with a bunch of lions. That's you true, know? man. That's true. You'd be like, man, I'm too old for this crap, <laughs> but I'm hanging in there. <laughs> That's it. I keep showing up every day, stay in the trenches with them, embrace the grind, and we all there to help each other shop, iron sharpens iron, you know, help each other get better, you know, either whatever, just overall in life, be a better person. That's my goal for, you know, I don't make New Year's resolutions. I make everyday resolutions, try to be a better man tomorrow than I was today. You know, because, you know, I don't tell everybody my story, but, hey, I, the boss hog takes nothing for granted. Every day above ground is a great day for me because the road I was on at one time in my teens and early 20s, dude, everybody I know was going to some type of correctional facility or in a cemetery. <laughs> you know, it's a whole bunch of deep shit. And I just, after I had my son, I was like, man, I had my son at 19, I was like, this ain't the life for me, you know. So, all right. We, we took another road, but... All right, guys, listen hey, up. Jim. You heard it from Boss Hog Johnson. He's the only Boss Hog in the country. So if you guys want to fight him, he's not calling nobody up. If you're a 185-er, to get Nate Shook to sign that contract, you guys will get going. And uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate you being on my show, man. And, hey, uh, I appreciate you, Jeff. I'll be watching you, career going on, and you're welcome to come back on my show anytime you like. And remember, you got to trade shirts out of me. You got to trade shirts. Oh, that, that's not a problem, boy. Yeah, that's not a problem. When I get the new ones printed up, which are in the process now, I'll definitely, you'll definitely be in here and back for me to get one. And like I said, we're trying to stay active. 
is a DKF bare knuckle, DKFC, most, most definitely, MMA, boxing. Hey, I prefer bare knuckle because that's I got my I got an itch for bare knuckle. Yeah. Something I just <laughs> I, I got an itch for MMA and boxing, but some of that bare knuckle is just like either you got that grit in you or you don't, and I got it in me. And I didn't it didn't mind me getting hit in the fucking face and getting knocked down and getting backed up because my biggest my, my my toughest fight is me, you know. That's my biggest fight right there within myself. As long as I got this right, hey, we just gonna keep pushing for the for the for the for the stars. All right. You, know. you heard it from Boss Hog Johnson, guys. And on full broadcast. Thank you for being on my show, man. I'll be watching you on your next fight. Make sure you knuckle up, buddy. Oh, definitely, Jeff. And as as I, I let me finish with my my little saying. Thank you, Jeff, for having me on. Cause kicking ass is my thing. And Boss Hall is my name. Appreciate you, Jeff. One love. <laughs> <laughs> Got you, man. Thanks for being on the Fuller Broadcast. No problem, man. Take care. You too, man. All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys. You heard it from Boss Hall Johnson. He will sign any contract. He's not calling nobody out. It's all business at the 185-pound weight class. Brian Maxwell... Your call out is going to get answered. Let's see if Nate Shook can get this going. Guys, thank you for watching the full... Well, before I do that, i got to say thank you to my sponsors. Before we get off here, I'd like to thank my sponsor, Deep Tyson, a hitman. Let's bring him up here. Deep Tyson, a hitman, helping me with my show, helping me get fighters to come on my show, interview, let them hear their stories and everything. This guy is so awesome. If you ever want to hit him up, Look on his uh, profile, look on Facebook or something. Look for Steve Tyson, the hitman. Thank you for helping me, sir. And next, I got Unique Crafts by Eves. Evelyn Washington personalizes gifts and crafts. She does hats, bags, uh, you name it, coasters, nightlights. She'll put your logo on there if you need something from like Valentine's, Christmas, or anything. She'd be glad to help you out. Just give her a call, email her, look at her website. It's all right here on the screen. You get a chance. Thank you for helping me out, sponsoring my show. All right, guys. Thank you for watching a full broadcast, 24-7 sports news, live interviews, many coverage. Thank you, and have a good night. Boom!